This is The Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com. Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, really everywhere who's watching The Joe Gaither Show. This is The Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and on BamaCentral.com. I have for some Joe Gaither. You are the listener. You're the viewer. We appreciate you watching us on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. We appreciate you listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon. Go ahead and give us a subscribe, rate, and review the show. Send it to a friend as we are deep into Alabama coverage right here at BamaCentral.com. You can follow us at JoeGaither6 on all the social media machines. Send us a like, comment, question, query, and complaint. You can always comment on the show at JoeGaither6 for Facebook, it's, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. But I'm also on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, everywhere that you can find anybody on social media. It is at Joe Gaither 6. We're going to have a, a lot of fun today. If I don't unplug my light, we're going to have a lot of fun today and talk to uh, and talk to former Alabama wide receiver Mac Hereford here in just a little bit. There's nothing going on in Alabama world, right? <laughs> well, we have been inundated with all kinds of news and rumors about the uh, Alabama coaching search over the last 12 hours. Uh, we got a little bit of clarity that, uh, on one candidate, and we'll get into that. I'll, get, I'll let you know kind of how I feel about some of the other candidates while we wait on Mac Hereford. So we appreciate everybody watching us today. Let's get right on into it. All right. So last night we figured out that, uh, you know, there was reporting out of Oregon that Dan Lanning was in Tuscaloosa. That reporting has now been debunked and seemed inaccurate. Uh, we've got reports today from Matt Zenitz, 24-7 Sports, that Dan Lanning is going to stay in Oregon. So we'll talk about Dan Lanning's decision to stay in Oregon in just a little bit. But first, we don't want to make our guest wait. We're going to bring on Mac Hereford, joins us, former Alabama wide receiver from about 2016 to 2019. You guys know and love him. You can follow him on social media at Mac underscore Hereford, right there on TikTok at Mac Hereford. Man, Mac, nothing going on today in, in, in Alabama land. How are you, sir? My Lord, I'm, I'm doing great. But uh, <clears throat> the news yesterday has been uh, a little bit shocking. And, um, you know, it's been crazy to say the least. <laughs> well, thank you so much for carving out some of your time. I'm sure that your phone blew up at four o'clock, just like everybody else's. Uh, I'll just open it right up to you. What's your reaction? On it? What's your initial reaction? And then I'll ask you secondarily to kind of what does Coach Saban mean to you personally? Yeah. So my, my, Live reaction, I'll take you through it. I was, you know, people were asking, where were you? I saw a tweet. Where were you when Coach Saban retired? Um, so I'd just gotten back from a workout. I was at home. And one of my buddies, who's actually a big uh, Tennessee fan, texts me and goes, Saban's retiring. And I said, I started laughing. I was like, yeah, yeah, right. No way. Um, you got to be kidding me. And then moments later, ESPN notification comes up. You know, I start to see things and I'm like, Holy hell, like he's right. Coach Saban is retiring. And I think at that moment, it was very hard for me to like, it's still, still, I, I'm pretty shocked. You know, I think everyone obviously knew that day would at one time and at one point come to an end, but it's like no one, I don't think, or not a lot of people expected it to come at the time it did. Um, and I've heard, you know, different things. Uh, obviously there's different reasons that he may have retired, uh, may have made it at the time that he did. 
I don't know those reasons. I've heard too many rumors. Don't want to speak on them here because it's like, who knows what's true. At the end of the day, my first feelings were, you know, I was I was happy for Coach Saban. That was the first thing that came to my mind because it's like, look, whatever may be going on for him or, or whatever he's doing and his decision, you know, he's a good decision maker. We've seen that time and time again. And so for him to retire and that to be his decision right now, I know that he made the best decision for him and, and whatever's going on. And I just want to say that, like, look, again, that was the first feeling I had was just excitement for him and, and knowing that he's had an unbelievable career as a as a coach. He changed the game of college football. You know, he changed so many lives. You can be a Bama fan. You can be a college football fan. You can be just a football fan in general. And the name Nick Saban will be a household name for the rest of our lives. Um, but what does Coach Saban mean for me? You know, I was I was trying to think about that, and I still think about that all the time. It's just like I remember I went to his first. Uh, you know, he gets he comes to Alabama. People are like, "Who is Coach Saban?" Obviously, Alabama is a, a big football program, and you know, it's a religion down in the South. And so, you know, we see him come to Alabama, and it's like, what is this guy going to do? You know, you've heard stories about him in the NFL. You've heard stories about him at, at different places his college career and everything. And then he comes and I went to his first Nick Saban football camp, 2007. I was there with my grandfather uh, and my mom and my grandfather was saying, this guy is going to be the guy. And I remember meeting him that day and thinking like, you know, this is great. This is awesome. You know, I was, I was a young kid at the time, but really at that first camp, I got to see, you know, when I was a little kid, he was already had an impact on me. You know, we talk about people who come up with great quotes. We we recite great quotes of motivation of, you know, trials and tribulations when we grow up. And the crazy thing about Coach Saban is he was a, a living and walking quote maker. You know, he's this he's he was coming up with things left and right. I can remember one of the first stories he would tell is he would always bring up this Martin Luther uh, King quote that was like, you know, if you're going to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper you can be. Um, all that to say at a young age, coach Saban had a huge impact on me and he always talked about the process and I was able to follow that process. And for me, it was a, it was a, you know, a, I guess a column and a, a piece of structure of, of the man I would grow up and come to be. And then when I got the chance to play underneath him at the university of Alabama, it was, it was amazing. And I would say, I, I didn't take as many opportunities to soak up every single second that I could. I remember coach Cochran telling me in a team meeting one time, when I was a little bit frustrated, he's like, look, man, he's like, you got to absorb every single second from this guy. He is unbelievable. Um, and I did at, at that point, I was like, okay, you're right. And I continued to really want to learn from him, but he was just a, an unbelievable, um, you know, mentor coach in, in person, not only to me, but to every player, every fan, every person who's ever walked through that, that facility in college football in general, I, it's it's hard to put it into words. I, I'm just grateful and thankful to have, have gotten an opportunity to be that close to greatness. Um, and, you know, I can't be more excited for Coach Saban and, and what's to come in his uh, his life after football. All right, Mac, I'm going to throw a quote at you, and I'll ask you for your favorite Nick Saban quote. My favorite uh, is two pains in life, the pain of discipline and pain of uh, disappointment. If you can deal with the pain of dis uh, discipline – you won't have to deal with the pain of disappointment. That's uh, on my on my refrigerator, and I don't always do a great job dealing with the pain of discipline. Uh, I, you know, I try to do that as best I can, but really, just I mean, not even playing for him, just being around the pro. I feel blessed just to like, golly, 
be around him, listen to him from time to time. So I'm just blown away. I'm still kind of in a a state of shock here as we kind of digest everything. So do you have maybe one that like, all right, times are tough or I'm having a hard day. This is something that just boom, Coach Saban's voice right in my head. You know, the the one you just said is is up there for sure. And that's one that sticks with me. Like you said, it's it's something I think about all the time. You, you live with those. It's either the pain discipline or the pain of disappointment. And that's one that I really stuck to. And I, I still think about all the time today because it's it's true. You know, it's in everything that you do. Would you rather live with that pain of disappointment or would you rather live with the pain of discipline? I mean, he would always bring that up. And so I think that one's huge. And then just all of his ideologies around the process. You know, I, again, when I say I, uh, that was something I invested in as a, as a young kid, it was down to a science of, I remember him bringing it up at one point, like, even if you're going to take out the trash for your parents, you got to do that the best you can do it. If you're going to be in the classroom, you got to excel in the classroom just as much as you got to want to excel in the field. It's not something that pertains just to the game of football. He wanted to help us understand that it's something that expands far beyond that. The process is in life. You know, that was the biggest message for us as players. And that always stood out to me that he didn't want us, you know, at the end of the day, he wanted us to be great football players. He wanted us to do what we could do and, and be the best at our position um, to be able to help the team. But it was really about being the best men in life and the best people we could be in life. And so uh, we could sit here all day and I, 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 I've got so much time that I just need to absorb and really think about all the things that he said and, and go through, you know, different diary or journal uh, writings that I've had in the past. Um, but that one stands out for sure. And just, it's, again, you can't really put it into words. It reminds me of the first time I ever put on the, the tie jersey. It's like that kind of feeling. You cannot really put it into words, you know, what he's done for the program, what he's done for college football and, and what he's done for us. Again, it's just like, Right now, the feeling I have is just is gratefulness. Like I'm just like I feel like wow, you know, it was a a privilege and an an honor and a joy to be able to be that close to someone who is has changed football and you know in in many people's lives in general. A thousand percent. I was texting with my parents last night or yesterday, and I was like. I, you know, I'm no, I'm just a little bo- person, and I get to be in this moment. God put me in the moment, living in the Nick Saban era in Tuscaloosa, just feeling super, super blessed, just to kind of be here you know, in, in this time. Mac, what does it tell you, or what do you make of it? I'm sure that maybe not a surprise to you that Coach Saban was interviewing wide receivers coaches up to 3:55 yesterday, then walks into the 4 p.m. meeting and says, "You know what, guys, this is time." Just working all the way to the end, and then by the time the media got to the facility, by the time I got to the facility, home, home he was gone. He was already home. He was ready to, you know, doing the next thing that he was going to do. Just the machine like you know and the way that he retired you know he didn't do the coach k hey i'm leaving in a year everybody celebrate me he's just right off into the sunset that's what he's gonna do yeah um you know it's it's hard to think about i i i sat there and i watched the video that was posted this morning of coach Saban walking in it's like he's, he's going to business it's hard for me to think about what he's gonna do you know, it, it, this is what he's loved. This is what he's, he's he's done for years and years. It's like I can't imagine someone who sticks so close to a process that he preaches. A lot of people preach things and don't do them. He preaches and does what he preaches. And it's like I, I, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm Coach Saban, you're waking up in the morning the next day and you're retired. Like, what do you do? All you know is get in the car at this time, eat a couple of oatmeal cream pies at this time, you know, get to the facility. He has such a, a strict schedule. 
Um, but it shows a lot about him that he was doing that up until retirement. You know, he was doing his job until it was time for him not to do his job anymore, all the way up to the last second. Uh, and that just shows a lot about him as a person that, you know, we've already all seen and, and gotten to see and, and be a part of in the past, you know, however many years. But, um, yeah, it's still just like it's it's pretty surreal. We're talking about Hereford, former Alabama wide receiver, won a national championship, couple of SEC titles as well. Spent some time with Coach Saban right here in Tuscaloosa. What's next? I mean, really, every all eyes go to Greg Byrne. All eyes go to Greg Byrne. But you're hearing lots of whispers, lots of rumors of, oh, there's already a coach in place. Oh, Coach Saban has made a decision. Oh, Greg Byrne has reached out to somebody. You've got about a dozen names kind of floating out there. Uh, if you go back to Greg Byrne's previous two coaching searches, Rob Vaughn with the baseball program and Nate Oates with the basketball program, both candidates, strong candidates, but a little off the radar. What do you think that is going through the mind of Greg Byrne? <laughs> Gosh, I can only imagine what is going through the mind of Greg Byrne right now. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I've heard a lot of rumors. I've heard, you know, this guy's in Tuscaloosa. This guy's doing this. At the end of the day, I don't know. I'm not the person. I'm not in Greg Byrne's position for a reason. So I, I, I can't tell you who I think would be or should be the next head coach of Alabama, uh, the University of Alabama. But I can tell you they're going to do anything and everything possible to figure out who that right person should be. And I'm trusting that, you know, he, Greg Byrne's done a good job. and that'll continue to do a good job with the coaching process. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see who wants to take that spot after Coach Saban because it's a it's a big role, but I know there's someone up to the challenge. And, you know, as a, as a person who loves the university and, and loves that program, uh, I can't wait to see who it is. And I know they're doing a good job, but everyone's on their feet wondering who it's going to be. Everyone's freaking out. And that's some massive shoes to fill. Um, with that being said, if there is one thing that I could say, that I, that I think would be a great move for Alabama at this point in the, in the football program is, okay, we're going to have this new coach come in. We need someone else. We need a guy who knows this program well. We need someone who knows the process, knows discipline, knows the standard of excellence that Alabama has. Look, I'm going to say it here. I think they need to bring Coach Cochran, Scott Cochran. I think we need him back in the building. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he should just be the, the strength coach. I, I'm not saying he should be the head coach. I think we need Scott Cochran back in the building. And I've talked to some former players, talked to some uh, some fans, some other people who are, you know, love the University of Alabama. And that's one thing I think we can agree on is that I want that guy back in the building. You know, if, if I'm Greg Byrne, I, look, head coaching search, we got to figure out who the best head coach is. And that's obviously the, the big thing on the map. But I'm thinking if you're trying to bring a guy in to help this program even more and, you know, help that new coach settle in, I think we got to get Coach Cochran back. I think we got to get him back in that building. He was an anchor to the program, and you look—he's won eight national titles. You know, he—he's been at—he's been in Alabama. He's—he's he's done well at Georgia, um, and so that's one thing I would say is that I want Scott Cochran back in that building. A lot of former players do as well, uh, and fans. And you know, I, at the end of the day, like I said, they're going to make the best decision. Um, and I know if Coach Saban's a part of that process, that'll definitely help a lot as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm still in this in this world of of shock because this is like the biggest news we've all heard in, in, in ages. <laughs> thousand percent. And, and I'm with you in agreement. I think Scott Cochran would be a great uh, a great piece to kind of smooth the transition, kind of, you know, make sure that the standard is maintained here at the University of Alabama. Let me ask you something. Uh, you know, you're seeing fans 
outside of Tuscaloosa celebrating. Oh, gosh, the king is dead. Ding dong, the witch is But uh, what's your confidence level? I mean, come on. Let's re-educate the people. Obviously, Coach Saban, the, the 17 years were unprecedented. But Alabama has been Alabama for a long, long time. What's your prediction? or what, what, Not prediction, but what's your feel about the future of the program, even with Coach Saban departing? You know, it's 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 hard for me to even think about. Like I said, I, I wish I could come in here and give more knowledge sure. and more stories and more more information on my time. Uh, but it's a lot to digest because I wasn't prepared. No one was really prepared. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think Alabama has been a special football program for years and years and years, dating back to the days of Bear Bryant. Um, I think that, you know, the future of the program is bright. I think it's bright, and I think people can hope that they're going to make a great decision. Again, the fact that Coach Saban is willing to help in the process means a ton. And, you know, if he's going to help choose a guy, again, he's known for his decision-making. Um, I think that they'll help, he'll help them find and we'll find someone who's suitable uh, for the position and the spot. And, you know, as a fan base and as supporters of the school, everyone just has to realize, like, look, times are changing. Coach Nick Saban, the greatest to ever do it, is – is out of the building. And, and that's a, a hard thing for a lot of people to hear. But uh, again, we should all be grateful and thankful for the time that coach Saban and the things he's done for the university that he's done for the football program that he's done just outside of it with community service, with charities, with other things that he's set up. It's, it's unbelievable. And he set it up really, really well for that next person to come in. There's a lot of high uh, expectation for that next person, but I think the, the future of the program is bright. And I think that instead of uh, a lot of people are worried right now, I say, I think instead of worry that, we should be joyful. We should be thankful and uh, be looking forward to the future and ready to, you know, support whoever the next person is that steps into that position. We've been ha- we're hanging out with Mac Hereford, former Alabama wide receiver. Lots of people, detractors are saying, oh, Coach Saban, tired of the transfer portal, tired of NIL. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I think that you're hearing, you know, you've heard 24-7 Sports Report kind of and, and Chris Lowe today talk about little minor health issues and kind of age. I think it's more to do with spending time with his grand grandchildren, spending time with his family and the health issues over the changes in college football. Would you agree or disagree? Do you think the changes of the last five years in college football helped uh, Coach Saban make this decision, or is it just coincidence based on his age and timing? You know, like I said, I, there's a lot of rumors about sure. why he may have uh, retired. I don't think it, it has to do with this, the new changes, him not being able to keep up. Like, look, Coach Saban just took a team at Alabama that we have not seen before and took us, you know, to the playoffs. Like, I think people would be crazy to think, oh, it's because he can't handle or can't keep up because he just took us to the goddamn playoffs, for heaven's sake. You know what I mean? So all that to say, I I don't think it has much to do with that, if anything at all. Uh, Maybe it's a small factor, you know, the, the changes and things going on. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's something per, more personal, whether it has to do with family, wanting to spend time with family, health issues. I think it's leaning towards more of that direction just because of the fact that, you know, again, Coach Saban has been able to adapt. He's been able to change the game multiple times. Every year people have said, oh, he's not going to be able to keep up. He's going to have to, you know, there's new offenses coming in, the new speed of the game. He's been able to do it time and time again. So I don't think those are the concerns. I think like you're saying and you're leaning towards as well, that it has to do more with personal and, and, and family things than anything if I had to take my stab at it. I think I'm, that's kind of where I'm feeling as well. Uh, Matt 
can you put us inside the locker room at the end of the uh, seventeen? At the end of the second and twenty-six. I mean, obviously, we're going to be celebrating Coach Saban and his great memories. But second and twenty-six was one of them. Uh, Tua takes the sack, and Coach Saban, oh, what are you doing? And then, oh, boom, 20, second and twenty-six, and a celebration is on. Just what do you remember from that time? Particularly anything that you noticed from Coach Saban? Yeah, I would say that one thing over the years is that I loved is, is Coach Saban seemed to become more happy and and more and you know smile more and joke more as the years came on, and that's something I really love to see um, because it, it's it's hard for someone who sticks to a process and a standard that he you know is up to every single day, day in and day out, but to see them start to really enjoy what they're doing at the end of their tenure and their end of the career. Um, but we go to that moment. I mean, I talk about it all the time. Second and 26. The first thing is you talk about coaches and, and great coaching calls. The things that the, the many calls that Coach Saban made over the years um, were just unbelievable. But we go to that moment, second and 26. I mean, we come out of the locker room and you're bringing in a guy. We have a guy, a starter, who's taken us to the SEC championship, who led us the year before to a national championship, who's an unbelievable guy, unbelievable player. And you take a guy who's hardly gotten that many college reps and you put them in. I mean, wow. Like, wow. You, you're just shocked. You always the greatest moves that a college football could make. You're going to put a guy in who has hardly played over this guy who's bought us to this level. Everyone's shocked on the sidelines, but the cool thing was the players trusted this move. You know, they trusted this move. If, if you take it to anything else, it would be like, you know, uh, saying, Hey, we're going to put this CEO of a company you know, uh, we're going to change the CEO of the company to someone who's never really fully ran a company before. People would be thinking they're crazy, but we trusted Coach Saban. We come out there and he had confidence that we we're going to win that ball game. And when we did, it was an unbelievable moment to see him celebrate, to see him happy, to see the players happy and the guys, you know, understand and know that Coach Nick Saban has made these kind of moves. There's not any moment like it that I can, that, you, know, you know, that I can recall. Um, but again, just being in the locker room with him, being in the in the in the team meeting rooms with him and remembering him, you know, we, we would chatter in, in the team meeting room before he walked in. You know, another coach would walk in and, you know, guys respected the other coaches. But when Coach Saban came into the room, it was something special. He could make every single player be quiet. It doesn't matter who you are and the respect he demanded from different guys, whether it was a superstar Heisman candidate or it was, you know, all the way down to walk-ons, you know, everyone respected Coach Saban and he just carried himself in a way that not many people in the world do and can. Um, I mean, it, it was just surreal. Him walking through that facility, I remember just being like, hey, Coach Saban, you know, he's got this, he's walking, he's always a man on a mission. Um, and just getting little pieces of that was just, was unbelievable. Matt, just one more thing before we get you out of here. I think that, uh, I think that, Many of the public perception is that Coach Saban, oh, he's a jerk from the outside looking in. I, 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 don't, I don't buy that near, near at all. But you have a, a perspective of, oh, he only cares about the scholarship guys. He only cares about the Mark Ingrams. He only cares about the, you know, Tua Tungabalois. Can you just enlighten everyone? Just, I mean, there's 85 scholarship guys, but 120 players on the roster, and everybody's got a piece of uh, a piece of the success. How did Coach Saban particularly treat you, and maybe 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 your parents, just kind of day to day as a walk on on the pro in the program? Yeah, it was it was a thing. People were like, you know, does Coach Saban know everyone's names? Does you know this? Does he know that? And I had to talk about it with Coach Cochran one time at the time, and Coach Cochran was like, you'd be surprised. Coach Saban knows every single one of these players. He cares about every single one of you guys. And he never treated me differently. He never 
you know, looked down upon me for being a walk-on. He realized the asset that the walk-on community was and the, the walk-ons had in the program. Um, and, and that was one of the beautiful things. You talk about a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches have favorites. You know, they love this guy. They love that guy. And, and I think that it's almost hard for people not to have favorites. But Coach, uh, Coach Saban did a great job of, of treating every player with the same amount of level of respect and also treating them to the same, you know, standard. Every single player had to show up the same way. He would rip me and rip <laughs> me and chew me out just as much as he would chew someone else out. And it didn't matter that, oh, I, you know, I didn't play as much on Saturdays or didn't play at all really on Saturdays. Coach Saban was going to treat me in practice just like any other player. Like I said, he would chew me out. If I didn't have my equipment right, he would chew me out. And I always felt that was love. You know, it, it was it was love and it was the ability for a coach to treat every single player with respect and demand the same respect out of every single player and standard of excellence out of every single player. Um, and he loved each and every one of us. You know, guys, you know, they don't talk about the fact that Coach Saban wrote recommendations um, and for other guys, like walk-ons like myself or, you know, other walk-ons and, and help them get to places they needed to be. He was happy to help them after the game of football at Alabama. And uh, that, that sticks out a lot to me. And it was a huge part of, uh, you know, just knowing how much he cared for guys, um, depending no matter how what your contribution was on the field. Well, it's a time of celebration here in Tuscaloosa. It is 17 years. It's a little sad, but really, goodness gracious, we were blessed to live, and you're blessed to be a, a strong, a big, big part of the, the greatest dynasty in college football history. Mac, anything? Uh, how? Uh, you're still in Nashville. You can follow back Hereford at Mac underscore Hereford on the Twitter machine. What are you working on? What are you up to in Nashville these days as we get you out of here? You know, I, 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 I'm doing a little bit of everything. And uh, again, I, I would, I, for some reason, words aren't coming good to me today. It's uh, all good. It's I, a I, weird day. I want all I can think about really that's going through my mind is, is thankful to God, thankful, you know, to, to coach Saban for the opportunities and, and for the learning experience that I got underneath him. That's really all that's going through my head. It's just, you know, it was gratefulness um, and, and just, being really proud and happy that I got to play under a coach of his standard um, and, you know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And, you know, so I'm doing some things in Nashville, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm taking the the processes and the standard of excellence that Coach Saban had and incorporating those into my day-to-day -day life and uh, trying to be the best I can be. Um, and, you know, again, I, I am just grateful, thankful, um, you know, that I got to be and, and play under Coach Saban at that time because not many people got to experience that. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see what happens next for the University of Alabama football. But again, it's like seeing your best friend that you've had for years go off and do something really big. You cannot be anything but just happy for Coach Saban um, and in the, the years that he put into to football and, and especially the Alabama football program and college football in general. Absolutely. Mac, thank you so much for your time. I know you're really, really busy. I appreciate catching up with you and really value your perspective and insight, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And when I get my stuff together, when we we can, I can hop back on, we can talk some more coach shaping stories. I can go more in depth. But right now, like I said, I'm just like shocked just as much as every other person is. And, and the main thing I, like I said, I want to say is just that, again, we cannot be as, as thankful enough for coach Saban and what he's done to the game. And it should be a celebration. It should be a, you know, we should be all be happy for him and, and the time that he put in and that we got to experience with him. Absolutely. Mac, well said, man. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great rest of your day, sir. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem. Roll That's tide. great. I appreciate it. Yeah, roll tide. Roll tide indeed. That's Mac Hereford, and I really, really appreciate him joining us today. Great to get a former player's perspective on Coach Saban and his career. Look, 
I think a lot of people see Coach Saban maybe as a hard ass and, oh, he, you know, too de- very demanding. I think he genuinely, genuinely cared about every player that came into in, in, into uh, his program. And Matt Careford did a great job explaining that to us right there. I appreciate him. Make sure you follow him at Mac underscore Hereford on X or Twitter. He is very, very big on TikTok. You can find him at Mac Hereford on TikTok as well all over the social media machines, doing all kinds of crazy fun things. Make sure you give him a follow. All right, so let's follow. Let's, let's, let's kind of follow the rumors just a little bit. Last night, Dan Lanning in Tuscaloosa. Wrong. Wrong. Never, never came. We had an Oregon television reporter go on, to, go on TV and uh, say that he was in Tuscaloosa. That wasn't true. Uh, Dan Lanning now, according to Matt Zenitz of 24-7 Sports, is staying in Oregon. So he is off the board, off the board. So Alabama, look, was that Alabama, was that Greg Byrne's first choice? I don't know. I'm not Greg Byrne. But it sounds or seems like Dan Lanning, Kellen DeBoer, Steve Sarkeesian, Lane Kiffin, you're seeing some of these names, Dabo Sweeney, being thrown out. I'm going to go ahead and scratch Steve Sarkeesian off the list. I'll be shocked if Steve Sarkeesian, if Alabama's able to poach Steve Sarkeesian away from the Texas Longhorns, would it be? A great fit? Absolutely. I would love it. I think it would be a, a great fit here in Tuscaloosa, but I think he's already gotten established at Texas. You know, the blue blood mentality, they're going to pony up whatever money that they can get to keep Steve Sarkeesian, particularly after winning the Big 12 championship and getting to the college football playoffs. I'm expecting Sart to stay in Texas. I don't think Dabo Sweeney's the guy. I don't think Dabo Sweeney's going to be the guy uh, due to the old school mentality of Dabo Sweeney. I think Greg Byrne is going to want somebody a little bit younger, want somebody who's going to embrace NIL, want somebody who's going to embrace the transfer portal. I don't know that Dabo is that guy. Yes, I know Dabo is an Alabama man. I know Alabama, 1992 national champion, Dabo Sweeney, former walk-on, scholarship player, assistant coach, spent a lot of time here in Tuscaloosa, loved university. I just don't think he is the right fit for the future of the program. Now, I could be wrong in all this. I could be wrong. But it's just kind of my own conjecture, my own feeling about where we're going in these co- in this coaching search. I think Kimmel DeBoer is an interesting name. University of Washington head coach. Uh, won, what, three championships at lower levels before getting, getting, to, uh, getting to Washington. My only issue with Kellen DeBoer is no real Alabama ties. Now, does that disqualify him? No, it doesn't disqualify him. You think about Nate Oates and Rob Bond, the last two coaches that uh, the last two coaches that Greg Byrne hired. Neither of them really had ties to the University of Alabama. Both of them were just young up and comers. Now, Kellen DeBoer is not necessarily a young coach, but. He is an up-and-comer. This is his first major program at Washington. And we know uh, we know won the Pac-12 this past year, got to the college football playoffs, beat Texas, fell to uh, Michigan. I think really it was just a matter of being outmatched against Michigan, uh, especially up front on both sides of the line. Kevin DeBoer is a name I think you really need to be watching. I don't think that Lane Kiffin is going to be the guy. I think Lane Kiffin has too much baggage from his time here in Tuscaloosa where he's not going to be considered. I know that Lane Kiffin is the fun name. Dude, I would love me some Joey Freshwater back in Tuscaloosa going forward on fourth down all the time, running a fast-paced offense, transfer to Tuscaloosa, hashtag transfer to the Lusa, whatever he wants to use. Uh, I, I would love it just from a personality standpoint and from a I'm covering the football team standpoint. Cover Lane Kiffin? Hell yes. Sign me up today. 
But I don't think that that's going to be the case. I don't think that Lane Kiffin is going to be the guy. I think that he's going to be lower down the list for Greg Byrne and probably a break glass in case of emergency option. So you're really thinking about who the guys are going to be. People are talking about Glenn Schumann. People are talking about Glenn Schumann, the Georgia defensive coordinator, former Alabama. Uh, he spent, some time, spent time here in Tuscaloosa under Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. I just don't see Greg Byrne turning the program over to someone who hasn't been a head coach before. I think that would be very risky. Now, does, it, does Glenn Schumann, can he coach? Ha, absolutely. Glenn, if you're watching this, love you, buddy, uh, and congratulations for all your success. Could he be the guy? Yes. I would just be very surprising to me to give the program to someone who hasn't had head coaching experience already. Uh, so that's really kind of where we're at. I know you've seen you've seen Deion Sanders. Look, Deion's not coming. Deion's not coming to Tuscaloosa for – maybe cultural reasons, I would say, but more specifically and for football-wise, look what he did recruiting this past year. What, he bring in like nine recruits for from Colorado and then hit the transfer portal for the rest of them? When you come to Tuscaloosa, you've got to recruit. You have to – now, the transfer portal will still be there, but you got to recruit. Look, at our, look around. You need to bring in top recruiting classes each and every year, and it can be done here at the University of Alabama. It's been done over the last 17 years. But you don't go out and get a neon Deion Sanders because I don't think he likes to recruit. I don't think he wants to recruit the high school student. I don't know how serious he is about the day-to-day grind. You talk about NFL guys. I, you know, Chris joined us yesterday. Chris Walsh joined us yesterday. Uh, from and, and really was talking about Black Monday. And you think about my uh, Mike Vrabel. You think about you know Bill Belichick getting fired today. Pete Carroll stepping away from the Seahawks. Look, I don't see any of those guys coming to Tuscaloosa. I don't see look, Belichick or Pete Carroll wanting to deal with – look, Belichick, psh, no way he's dealing with college sports. That's a joke. Uh, Pete Carroll, he hasn't been in college sports, golly, in, in what, two decades? So I don't see Pete Carroll as a fit either. You want to go younger and energize. Is Vrabel younger and energized? Sure, but he's never recru- – when, 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 when is he recruited? I don't see Mike Vrabel as an option. I don't really see any of these NFL guys as an option. And speaking of the NFL guys, D'Amico Ryans has been thrown out. Look, huge Alabama ties to D'Amico Ryans, head coach of the Houston Texans. But you've got to get somebody in here ASAP. You don't go out and get D'Amico Ryans because he's getting ready to play first-round playoff game. Now, could you get him? Sure. I think you probably could. I think you could get him to listen. Uh, but but look, your biggest issue right now at Alabama is getting a coach in place so that the 30-day transfer portal window, so that your Jalen Milrose, your Ty Simpsons, your Julian Sayans, you're just talking about the quarterbacks, you're, so your Justice Haynes, Jam Milrose. Like, look, everybody can transfer right now. You got 30 extra days to transfer. You've got to get a coach in here. Meeting with the players one on one on one. This is who I am. This is why I want you to stay. This is my plans for you in the program. This is my future plans for the, for, for the program as a whole. You can't wait on D'Amico Ryan's. You can't wait on him to lose in the playoff, uh, lose in the playoffs, or win the Super Bowl. You know, whatever. Good for him. I mean, he, he could do it. The Texans, you know, not one of the favorites, but uh, it, well, crazier things have happened. 
but you can't wait on the Houston Texans season to be over. Do I think Tamiko would be awesome? Yeah, be a lot of fun to bring an Alabama, a, a, a son of Alabama home and give him the keys to the kingdom. I just don't think that the timing works out very well uh, for D'Amico Ryans to be the next head coach at the University of Alabama. So we're following all at BamaCentral.com. We're going to be covering it at Bama Central on X, at Bama Central SI on Instagram. You can follow us at Alabama Crimson Tide on Sports Illustrated at Facebook. Really, all three of the social medias, we're posting all of our, all of our articles. Uh, but if you want to buy past the social media, just go to BamaCentral.com. Katie Wendham is covering everything. Blake Byler is covering everything. You need to go check out Matthew Gibson's piece. Matthew Gibson got a great crowd reaction piece. He was over at the uh, Coach uh, Coach Nick Saving statue through the evening last night, talking to people, getting quotes, getting photos, uh, and, and, you know, it became what you expected at the Nick Saban statue. It became a bit of a memorial. You had oatmeal cream pies. You have, uh, you have, you know, just you have lots of uh, just lots of trinkets, lots of roll tide trinkets, pins. You know, game day pins, signs. Thank you, coach. You've got the shaker that went into his hand. The statue became kind of a bit of a memorial spot. I know Coach Saban is not dead, but it did get treated that way yesterday, right in front of the uh, right in front of. Uh, right in front of Brian Denny Stadium. Excuse me, just went blank for a second. Uh, last thing that I want to hit on before I get out of here, and I want to thank Mac Hereford for joining me. Make sure that you go shoot him a follow at Mac underscore Hereford uh, and pre- tell him that you appreciate him joining us. I know it was a crazy day. The last thing that I want to hit on was Ryan Williams. Ryan Williams, five-star receiver out of Saraland. We've talked about him a dozen and a half times on the program. He was he's scheduled to sign his letter of intent on February 9th. He's reclassified into the 2024 class. Well, Ryan Williams decommitted from the University of Alabama yesterday. So on top of the new coach coming in and re-recruiting the roster, you got to get Ryan Williams back in the recruiting class. Oh my God, you have to. You have to. Uh, you cannot let him go to Auburn. Look, you, you let Cam Coleman go to Auburn. You let Perry Thompson go to Auburn, and that's a okay. They're going to be good players. That's fine. Hugh Freeze, he's going to get good players. But you absolutely cannot allow Ryan Williams to go to the Plains. I'm sorry. You, you cannot do it, or he is going to torture the University of Alabama for three seasons. He is that good. Um, Cam Coleman, he's a good player, good player. P- uh, Perry Thompson, good player as well. Ryan Williams is beyond a good player. Ryan Williams is an incredible player. Ryan Williams is a game cha- is a landscape changing player in college football. You can't allow him to go to Auburn. So, among other things, new coach for the University of Alabama, you've got to go down to Sarah Land ASAP and make sure that Ryan Williams uh, is in the 2024 recruiting class. Another reason why D'Amico probably not going to work out timing wise. So there's a lot of names out there, lots of rumors out there. You can follow me at Joe Gaither 6 Follow Mac Hereford at Mac underscore Hereford. All the social media machines, you can send me your likes, comments, questions, queries, and complaints. Anything I get wrong, anything I get right, any questions that you have, any rumors that you hear, I'd love to connect with you at Joe Gaither 6 We would all love for you to connect with BamaCentral.com and follow all of this coaching search. Oh, gosh, it's so crazy. I appreciate Chris Walsh for putting me on each and every day. And we'll be back for another episode tomorrow on the Joe Gaither Show. I'm probably going to be driving around Tuscaloosa, going to the airport, going to Mount Moore, trying to see what we can see over the next 12 hours. We'll keep it up with it right here on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Thanks for joining us on today's edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. 
Keep up with Joe on all his social media pages at JoeGaither6. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to read us daily at BamaCentral.com.